I would like to welcome back my listener to WTF Politics and other stuff too. My name is Vic, and today I'm going to talk about cities run by Democrats, Texas state reps fleeing the state, the Biden administration flagging social media posts, and for other stuff too, a man in Colorado gets an unexpected deposit to his bank account. talk about these cities run by Democrats and the crime and quality of life that comes with it. Well, I started looking into these cities that are run by Democrats and I see what the crime stats look like and, uh, you know, I wanted to see what quality of life looks like, uh, you know, throughout the past. But here's some of the largest run uh, democratically controlled cities. So you got Chicago, New York, L.A., San Francisco. You know, you got cities like Chicago been a Democratic mayor since 1931, New York since 1945. It's only had two Republicans since then. Uh, I guess four, but two switched parties midterms. And then, you know, Los Angeles and San Francisco kind of speak for themselves. I mean, it's just a hot mess there. But uh, these are the leading cities that are exploding in crime and everything. You know, LA, San Francisco, you got the homeless problem that's just out of control. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, all these cities been run by Democrats, have majority city councils that are run by Democrats. I mean, the crime rate in these cities is getting out of control. They have, you know, these states have some of the toughest gun laws, but yet violence seems to be on the rise. The leaders of these cities seem to just, you know, they want to curtail the gun rights of people and make it almost impossible for a law-abiding citizen to conceal carry a you know, a pistol, you know, so it's not the legal firearms owners that are problem. It's the leaders themselves. I mean, these fucktards just pander to the minority communities, make all these promises to improve the quality of life. But what have they really done to make good on these promises? I mean, it's, it's, it just blows my mind. I mean, uh, minority neighborhoods, they're still below the poverty level, which in turn, these leaders, you know, they want to raise the minimum lick. Minimum wage, which really doesn't solve anything except, you know, put some people out of work, hours get cut back from employees. Look, the minimum wage was never meant to be a living wage, plain and simple. When I got my first job at 17, the minimum wage was 375 and I just dated myself, but that's okay. I mean, growing up in my house, the news was on a lot, so, you know, I saw a lot of news, and I never heard these libtards screaming about a living wage back then. I mean, minimum wage was for snot-nosed teenage kids like me, you know? It just wasn't meant to be a living wage. Another thing, you know, these all these leaders in these cities have in common is they refuse to cooperate with federal immigration officials. They consider those, themselves to be sanctuary cities, or in the case of California and Illinois, sanctuary states, meaning Ill- illegal immigrants really have no fear of being deported, and despite being here illegally, they reap all the benefits from the state and a lot of times the federal government themselves, and an ironic twist. I mean, there's too many instances where these liberal states, you know, let someone go from, you know, custody and they go on to commit more crimes up to and including murder. I mean, even after a request by, you know, federal immigration officials, you know, they still let them go. And I mean... There's even a case, even after federal immigration officials requested a person be turned over, a judge, a sitting 
judge helped an illegal immigrant escape out of her courtroom to avoid being placed in custody by ICE. This was in Massachusetts. You probably heard about it. These leaders just, they seem to care more about people coming to this country illegally than the ones that are already here. I mean, it's really sad when someone can come here illegally and get more help than the ones that are born here. Now, I'm all for people from all parts of the world, don't care who you are, who want to come here legally, embrace America for all it has to offer. And, you know, that includes learning English, or at least make the attempt. Let's face it, English is, you know, the language of the land. If you move to other countries around the world, you're expected to learn their language, as it should be. I mean, immigrants need to adapt to the environment that they chose. I don't really see what the issue is. I mean, I I think it's a real slap in the face to the people who did it right, came here legally, and went through the whole process as long as it takes, which, in my opinion, takes a little bit longer than it should, but it is what it is. These leaders, they, they keep preaching about being one of the people and taking care of the plight of the underprivileged. But again, they make all these promises and never follow through. I mean, look at the, you know, the poorer communities. They haven't really changed much, one bit, except for more people are poor and there's a higher level, level of crime. But, you know, God forbid, what happens if you criticize one of these cities or the city leadership for their lack of performance? You get called a bigot, you get called a racist, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's their never-fail fallback response when they do not have a good answer or rebuttal to your argument. They just keep pushing the same narrative over and over again to the lower-income communities who, for some reason, keep reelecting. you know, these same people, you know, because they care. I love it when they try to lay blame on Republicans, which you see right at the top. I mean, look at the White House this week. Secretary Press Secretary Saki tries to blame Republicans for the defund the police movement just because they didn't vote for an infrastructure bill that had zero guarantees that money would be used for law enforcement. Zero, nada, non zilch. The money goes to the states, counties, cities, but nothing is stated in this bill that it has to go to law enforcement or any portion of it has to go to law enforcement. Of course, she got called out rather quickly and almost everyone, including the, some of the lamestream media, called her out on it. But, you know, and it, so you can see that, you know, Democrats, they just really just don't have a clue as what they're doing. I mean, whenever there's a crisis, Democrats just love to start pointing fingers and use the Use that crisis to their, you know, advantage. I mean, remember Rahm Emanuel? Uh, he was the, uh, I think he was the mayor of Chicago at one point, and then he worked for uh, Obama for a bit. You know, he said, never l- allow a good crisis to go to waste. It's an opportunity to do things you once thought were impossible. Essentially, that means whenever there's a crisis, push the democratic liberal narrative and use that crisis you know, to their perceived advantage. And it will continue again and again and again. Hopefully someday some of these people in these neighborhoods that are underprivileged and run by the Democrats will wake up and see who these people really are and really ask themselves, what have they done to improve my quality of life? Is my neighborhood safer? Is it cleaner? I mean, have they really affected change in the community or is it the same it's been for decades? 
course, only the people in these communities, you know, can answer that for themselves. You know, that's that's on them. And uh, speaking of, you know, more Democrats, ugh, the great state of Texas. Well, there's a mess there. Texas state representatives, you know, they fled the state to avoid a new voter bill. You know, Texas was set to pass a neuter, new neuter, <laughs> a new voter protection law. You know, in the name of choose justice in the American way, all the Democrats in the Texas legislature fled Texas to Washington, D.C. via private jet, mind you, and, uh, you know, had, you know, nice cheers with Miller lights, apparently, on the, uh, on the flight to D.C. I mean, that's right. These folks actually fled the state to avoid a vote, which requires a quorum or a majority of reps to be present for that vote to go forward. So they packed their bags like little kids that didn't want to play anymore, you know, under the guise of being seekers of justice, you know, when they boarded their private jet to the tune of almost $100,000, you know, with, you know, alcoholic beverages, you know, being provided. And talk about some grandstanding for that moment. My God, you'd think they were, you know, curing cancer or some shit like that. Of course, this caused such a shitstorm, as one can imagine. Of course, under Texas law, the sergeant-at-arms of the state house can be directed to compel those members to return. So, basically, once they step foot back on Texas soil, they can be arrested. What I love most about these seekers of justice, they're posting all these selfies calling themselves fugitives and making a sacrifice but yet they're still being paid. And on top of that, they're getting paid an extra $220 per day for per diem, you know, when the house is in session. So while these, you know, so while they're off trying to be martyrs, the people of Texas are, the, you know, really the only ones, you know, feeling the effects because they're paying for it. I wonder how the midterm elections are going to go there after this publicity stunt. I mean, if you vote someone into office, you expect them to show up to work. How many people can just jet off at someone else's expense, not show up to work, and still get paid? It's really baffling. As much as I, you know, really don't like saying this, I do think the moment they return to Texas soil, they should all be detained, brought to the Capitol so the vote can happen, and then formally arrested and face the consequences of their nothing, you know, the consequences of their publicity stunt may sound harsh, but, you know, they wanted to play hardball. So in my opinion, you know, play hardball. And if that means getting arrested and put in jail, paying a fine, then so be it. Of course, this really all depends on Governor Abbott. If he really wants to follow through with his publicized statement, with his threats of arrest, if he doesn't follow through, you know, that's certainly going to affect his chances for re-election or any election if he chooses to run it at a federal level, you know, in the future. It's just, uh, it's crazy. But, you know, hopefully Texas will get it sorted out and these people will realize, you know, because they got to go home sometime. You know, they can't stay, you know, stay away forever. I mean, to me, that would be considered like abandoning your job. So anyway, but let's check out some new interesting information coming out of the White House. It looks like the Biden administration is now flagging misinformation posts on Facebook 
and it has started with misinformation about COVID-19. In a stunning admission, White House Press, Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted that the Biden administration is helping Facebook flag misinformation posts on, social, on the social media platform. Now, to be fair, she did say this was in response to misinformation regarding COVID-19. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it blows my mind. I mean, it, it's, it's really amazing. It says, you know, she wants to get the experts who are popular with their audiences. Um, experts to who? What makes them an expert? Just because they're popular? I mean, here's a quick audio clip of it. Uh, it's you know, about a minute long, maybe. Well, first, we are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms, uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, Given, as Dr. Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken, or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. With all that being said, it's setting a very dangerous precedent. The idea that the federal government is now controlling or heavily influencing information on social media platforms. You know, it starts with one topic, but then it's going to lead to more and more and more. And next thing you know, the government's controlling all the information. You know, in an update uh, just yesterday or Thursday, this past Thursday, you know, Secretary Saki, Press Secretary Saki said she wants, you know, thinks these people uh, that provide false information should be banned on all social media platforms. Uh, wow. One has to ponder. I mean, is this really just one topic they're talking about or is it really more like it, you know, most certainly could turn out to be, you know, of, of course they're framing it as they want accurate information, you know, available to the public. It's just really 1984-ish to me. I mean, I don't like the idea of government controlling all the information that is being put out there because no matter who's in control, Republicans, Democrats, you're never going to get a full and accurate story of whatever the hot topic may be that day. You know, yes, there are people, going to be people that, you know, out there that put out completely insane information on social media, you know, or whatever. But that's the price you pay for having freedom of feet, freedom of speech. Unfortunately, I mean, a lot of BS information is easily recognized, and people people will dismiss it. But others may be a little different. You know, there's a lot of people that just don't do their own research, and you know, they hit that share button or retweet button without really looking it up. You know, there's some stuff I read. And I'm like, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. I may have to talk about that. But then you do like two minutes of research, you can figure out, okay, this is bullshit, you know, but no one wants to research the issues because it may take a little bit of sweat, you know, so to speak. I mean, this COVID thing is nothing but a hot mess in my opinion. No one, I don't think really anyone has the right answer. And the reason is 
it's a hot mess is because the information flowing out of the CDC and the White House seemed to change daily, weekly. I mean, it was changing all the time. You just didn't know what to believe. And I'm not talking about what was on social media. I'm talking about coming out of the CDC itself. But, you know, hopefully things will calm down with that, get people feeling better, and this whole pandemic can just go away. I mean, look at countries that have had total control on their information that's uh, provided to the public. Places like Nazi Germany, the Soviet Union, or currently China, North Korea, Iran. It, you know, didn't turn out too well for these people. And God forbid you, God forbid you question the information coming out of these governments and either end up in jail for a long time or possibly dead. You know, it's, it's really sad. I mean, of course, here's a novel idea. Stop using social media platforms. Now, I know that's never going to happen. People, it's too ingrained in people's lives to give it up. However, if you take, the, take away the power that these social media companies have, they become irrelevant. Again, I know this isn't going to happen. It's just a thought. I mean, yes, I use Twitter, Instagram. like to make snarky comments on Twitter posts and memes, etc. So, you know, I'm guilty. I still use them. I mean, I had to get rid of my Facebook, you know, quite a while ago. And at first I thought it'd be really hard. But to my surprise, it wasn't. It really wasn't. You know, never once did I really consider, oh, I'm going to re-download the app. I got, I got to see what's going on. You know, I did, I, it never occurred to me. I never did it. But uh, so that's just my thoughts on it all. And, you know, all right, let's just move on to something like uh, the Other Stuff 2 segment. Well, there was a panicked man in Colorado concerned about a deposit into his bank account. So a panicked man was wondering if there's something he doesn't know after a child tax credit hits his bank account. This is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Feeling panicked and bewildered by the unexpected deposit, the local 30-year-old, Dean Osterman, was reportedly wondering Thursday if there's something he didn't know about after a payment for the child tax credit program hit his account. Quoted as, wait, what? Oh, geez, but that's that's impossible, end quote, says Osterman. He swore under his breath and racked his brains as he tried to run through the mental list of every sexual encounter he ever had. Quote, I mean, I'll take the 300, but this has to be a mistake, right? There's no way. There's just no way. I know she was on the pill. Shit. Maybe there was another round of stimulus payments and I didn't know about it. Or maybe they just decided to give it to a childless single you know, person as well. Ah, fuck. I got to get out of here. End quote. At press time, a second payment had hit Osterman's account. Okay. So that story comes straight out of the onion, the satirical website. (laughs) Okay. So it's not real, which actually started out in a newspaper format in 1988 before the internet. Uh, They stopped publishing actual papers in 2013. You should really check it out. I have laughed so many times reading their stories. Uh, I mean, they even have like full-on news clips where anchors read these, you know, satirical stories. So uh, check it out. It's funny. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that one in there. I came across it and it seemed fitting for these days. So I hope you had a good laugh. Well, you know, that's, that's all I got for today. You know, today I covered cities controlled by Democrats and Texas abandoning their constituents, or I should say the Democrats in Texas abandoning their constituents in an attempt to be martyrs. 
and the Biden administration flagging Facebook post and the ever funny onion story about a surprise child tax credit. All right, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. So hit that follow button. As always, I encourage you to do your research on the issues and get involved. The time for staying silent is over. Make your voice heard. And have a great day. And God bless America. <laughs>